0: Hey, welcome back to the episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. This is episode 111, and it is Thursday, April 27th. It is NFL Draft Day, uh, which for my co-host is pretty much a national holiday. Yeah. uh we'll we'll get into his expertise and thoughts and how many podcasts he's listened to at at least 1.5 speed about the draft uh two two, two times oh we're two, two times okay two times speed um before we jump out of here and uh we don't care what speed you listen to us at it could be at one point5 5, 2 point5 5, you know as long as you're tuning to listening and enjoying what we're talking about uh I think we're we happy to I, have you along
1: board I think we sound better at 2x. Personally. Yeah,
0: I could see that. You know, maybe it's just because I'm used to the, the faster you can get through us. um, I, That probably makes it <laughs> sound a sound a little bit better. But uh we've got some game notes, not a not a ton, uh, but definitely some game notes. You know, we've been dodging some weather and some things like that around the area, but um definitely a few pictures to talk about. But uh before we get into that, I uh it's April 27th, which means the new recruiting rules are in place. Uh, I know we were both kind of chuckling at how many commitments got in before the buzzer sounded. You know, we're seeing twenty
1: twenty sixes,
0: twenty twenty sevens, some twenty twenty eights. Like everybody, I think really... there's
1: probably probably some alerts for uh, some college baseball coaches seen around middle schools too much. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, just a lot, a lot of sneaking a lot of those guys in there before the buzzer. Um, before the buzzer sounded, you couldn't take those commitments and make those offers anymore. Which, you know, I, uh, I, I hope if 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 you were recruiting those guys and taking those commitments, you weren't also losing sight of the really really good twenty twenty five players in your neck of the woods that you need to talk to, uh, because those are going to be the guys when August first rolls around are going to remember who was reaching out and who was it like, I don't think, you know, I'm, I won't ramble too much. Cause I know we're on a little bit of a time crunch here, but I don't think baseball coaches yet understand like football and basketball coaches do how much kids have that sort of memory about who reached out, how often they reached out, mm-hmm. because that sort of thing is going to matter. Now you're not going to be able to just have a coach, you know, text a coach, Hey, put so-and-so on the phone, get him, get him on the horn for me. It's going to be it's going to be different. Like sometimes that really mattered in football and basketball recruitments, sometimes it didn't, but they always remembered. So, uh, I hope you yeah. did your due diligence with your 2025 players and making sure those guys felt a little love uh before you're not able to talk to them. Talk to them um until August 1st. So, uh let's dive in dive into some game stuff. Um I'll go ahead and lead us off. I spent Tuesday night Um at Vista Ridge High School for Travis Socorro versus Vista Ridge. Another look at Sakura. It actually been a while um since I'd seen him. I think the last time I saw him was actually against Vista Ridge to open up district play a long, long time ago. But got another look at Travis who is signing University of Texas, obviously a big-time MLB draft prospect. And uh it was an interesting outing because there was like a heavy downpour off and on, beginning about the third inning. There was a short delay and I was really encouraged to see him pitch through that. You know, this is a guy that's been very meticulous and they've had a plan about building up and and monitoring his arm and and getting ready to be at peak performance this time of the year as they're making their playoff run. So saw him throw uh, five really solid innings, uh, two hits, two walks, eight strikeouts. One of those walks came in a downpour. One of those hits was a bunt. You know, After the first inning where his control was just a little bit uncharacteristically poor, he was he was really good. Uh Fastball was up to 98, mostly sat 93, 96 with a few 97s as well. The slider 81 to 85, got a ton of whiffs. Uh, threw a splitter probably about a handful of times, four or five times, even mixed it in right on right. Uh, it was another really solid outing. There are about 30 scouts there, and I didn't recognize a lot of them, which probably means that they were – you know, cross checkers, maybe national cross checkers, maybe even higher than that, getting, you know, one of those final looks in at Sakura before the playoffs start, before these guys really get their priority lists and their draft boards and all those sort of things uh figured out. But really slow downing. And, you know, I think it was fitting that he was on the mound when round I mean, he wasn't on the mound at the end of the game, but he started the game and won the game that that clinched an undefeated district season from Round Rock. This Round Rock team's really good, man. I, I think that they legitimately can make a run in the state championship. Uh Hudson Ellis, you know, I was texting, uh, you know, our, our group chat with you and, and Jeff and Brooks. Hudson Ellis, man, top of, uh, bottom of the seventh inning, they're winning six to four. There's a runner on third with one out, and Alex Bernmeyer's up, who's one of the fastest players in Austin, an uncommitted uh senior outfielder for Vista Ridge, four-year starter, like guys, let's, let's get this guy a college home, man. He's a good player. Lead-off hitter, hardly ever whiffs, can really run. He hits a slow chopper off of Cade Weibel. And, you know, keep in mind that the grass is soaked. It's been pouring. Hudson Ellis charges it, fields it, you know, transfers while he's on the run, throws on the run, perfect strike. He gets Birdmeyer, who ran four one nine down the line. And it was like he'd done that play a million times. And that's a yeah. really, really hard play to make um, with fine surfaces, uh, you know, just it, it was really impressive, just kind of showed like this is why this guy is so good. This is why we think so highly of him is that there aren't many shortstops that make that play look routine in that situation, in that environment against that sort of runner there. So he's been really good for Round Rock all season long.
1: Wait, you are you telling me that DBU made a good early <laughs> eval? and oh,
0: th- those guys are just uh, credit to them cliff pennington and and you know coach PV and those guys and coach Heefner, like they they trust their eyes man and they do a really good job they get guys on campus for camps and things like that and well, <clears throat> they nailed this they nailed this one because yes. he can really play shortstop and there's not many guys at the high school level that you can look at and say he he's going to play shortstop in college
1: yeah i mean it's it it's it's becoming to be a thing, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where you kind of, when you hear DBU's offered someone, you just kind of perk up a little bit and you're like, it's huh, like when okay. TCU
0: used to offer a football prospect before everybody else, you know, you're right, like, okay, right. coach Patterson's seen something here. Maybe people better pay attention.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, that's how, that's what it's, what's becoming. Obviously, you know, they jumped on guys like Aiden Howard and, yep. um, you know, Elwanger and um, Aiden Kroll out of Colorado. I mean, like yeah. it, the Schlegel a
0: long time ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we are very known um, advocates for Jason what they Hill, are doing
0: through the heck out of it the other day for grapevine, you know, it was a yeah. guy that did, you know, was had some injury, you know, kind of growth plate injury type issues and hadn't thrown a bunch and you know, they're all over that one.
1: Yeah. I know coach Posey does a good job at the pitching too. and Posey, excuse him. me, I said
0: PB, admit Posey.
1: Yeah. You see him out a lot. And I mean, they just do a good job. Uh, yeah. Coach Heefner has that thing rolling and, you know, I don't, I it'll be interesting to watch now that they're getting some of these guys that are turning out to be draft prospects, um, you know, in their senior years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see some of those guys get to campus and, and see how they take off. Um, because DVU has a long track record of success with that stuff. Yeah. But one of the better um,
0: development programs, you know, you go tour their facilities and see how they, you know, what they're working with and what their thought process is and the tech and, and everything like that. You know, the proof is the proof is definitely in the results for those guys. And and speaking of a program that does a really good job with that sort of stuff as well on the JUCO side, McLennan Um, Cade Weibel, who signed there, came in to close out the game against Ron Rock. Grant to a little bit of an issue in in the seventh inning. Again, it was just you know, every ball these guys were picking up was was often at least a little bit wet. But he was up to 91 miles an hour. You know, 72, 74 miles an hour, sweeping, breaking ball. Um, every time I've seen him, it's it's been that sort of stuff, which I think is going to play right away at the next level. Um, Cole Cravens had a solid night with the bat. You know, working behind the dish there. Um, Ren and Andre Wartha, uh, head into Galveston College, had a heck of a night, man. Hits cleanup for Round Rock, first baseman, left-handed hitter. Um, put them on the board early with a deep double to left center gap, just missed a pitch at a deep fly out to right field, then came up later, pulled a double down the right field line, just had a really strong, night swing in the bat. And uh, a guy I'm really excited to follow is is Nick Dunch, 2024 center fielder. He got down the line on a bunt uh, from the right side at 3-7. And I don't know if my watch fingers were a little quick, but he was flying. And I had him down the line at 4-1 with a swing later on. So there's a really good run tool there. He's a good athlete. Um, He's going to be a physical player. He's got some projection. Um, He's got some pop. Like, there's a really interesting tool set there. And I know he's had a really good season for those guys. Often hits third in the lineup. Uncommitted play right now. I think he's going to be one to follow for sure um, in the summer. And then Chris also, Brooks, who they bumped up from JV recently, a 2025 right-handed hitter. Physical, bat speed, power, uh, good approach in the box, good swing. I think he's going to be end up being a, one of the better hitters in the area um, as he matures. But you know, Round Rock's legit, man. I, I think that you know, going undefeated in that district is is no easy feat, uh, especially when you're competing with the likes of Vista Ridge and Westwood and programs like that. So they've got the ingredients to make a really deep run um, into the playoffs. But you know, Sakura was was once again Sakura. Uh, this, the stuff was there. The the pitchability was there. And I just I, – I, I continue to think it's just rare to see a guy that's his height and his length that throws the strikes that he does. Like, even when it was raining, Vista Ridge smartly bunted at him sometimes, especially when he got a little bit wet, to get him off the mound, make, make people feel the wet uh, ground ball. That Vista Ridge has a lot of athleticism in the lineup. And Sequoia, like, you know, sometimes you might see some guys huffing and puffing, especially some big, tall guys. Gets up on the mound, grabs the ball right away, throwing strikes. Throwing strikes with a slider. Throwing strikes with a fastball. Makes it in the splitter as well. So another impressive outing for him. Uh, for Vista Ridge, you know, uh, they were playing it smart. I think that they were playing the matchups with a potential playoff. So they held Hank Howard for for uh, Westwood later this week, knowing that that game could be a potential second-place game in the district. So they threw Ethan Sanders, and they had Zachary Fetchell waiting with for, for, for relief with Hank Howard as well. So they threw Ethan Sanders – 2025 right-handed pitcher, uh, 83-86, bumped 87. Uh, The breaking ball was kind of a more curve-type pitch earlier, a better slider later on, showed a change-up. Control was in and out. Um, Some fastballs got away from him up and in. But, you know, once he settled in, he threw some strikes. He's a good athlete. This is a guy that plays shortstop that they're really, really excited about, has some really interesting tools. Uh, I think he's going to be a two-way talent, probably a shortstop long-term, but uh, showed some stuff on the mound there as well. Jackson Harrell was the only guy that put a barrel on, on Sakura. Uh, he's heading to Grayson, uh, right-handed hitting second baseman, drilled a double over the right fielder's head to the fence there at Vista Ridge, impressive swing. Um, Grant Anderson, a 2024 third baseman. Every time I see him, he makes strong plays defensively at third base. Physical uh, a guy that I think that plays linebacker for them. And you can tell, I mean, he's got that type of physique. Uh, and then Cade Nathman, Uh, I talked about their speed. He was 368 down the line from the right side on a bunt, 2024 outfielder. They've got some guys that can really fly. So if you play Vista Ridge in the playoffs, you better be on your toes defensively because they'll utilize the bunt, they'll utilize their athleticism, they'll utilize their wheels, Um, and then they have some physical crunch in the middle of the lineup there. So good to to see Secor again as those guys gear up for the playoffs. I'm really excited to see what what he's got in store. Um, It seems like he's built himself up and he's ready to rock for five, six, maybe even seven innings um, in the playoffs there. And uh, earlier, uh, the Friday prior to that, I went to Lake Travis to see them versus Austin. Uh, I had to see Caden Caden Leon get a start. And uh, after he threw a no-hitter at at Dripping Springs, he threw four no-hit innings against Austin High. Uh, They were up 8 nothing in the fourth inning, so I think they they wisely – just kind of shut Leon down, keep his pitch count in check. Uh, His control was a little in and out earlier on, but he had 22 whiffs on his fastball in four innings, 22, you know, for a guy that throws, he sat 89, 92 comfortably held it the whole time. Uh, So it's not like he's blowing 95, 98 in there, but he got a ton of fastball whiffs, even in fastball counts. I really think the shape of that pitch is good. Uh, the curveball was a little bit in and out. Um, it did flash occasionally, but he was just beating guys with his fastball. Uh, ended up striking out, I believe, eight or nine guys in four innings. Um, didn't give up any hits. So he's got a streak of 11 straight no-hit innings um, as the season's progressed so far. Just a guy that's going to be a big, big-time talent. And we actually – I talked to him after the game. You know, post a full interview with him at, on his profile page at 5 tillorg just some of the schools he's hearing from. Um, I had to go back and look, but I know OU was somebody that reached out to him recently. LSU reached out to him. He's heard from Texas, uh, Louisiana, Baylor. Uh, I think that list is going to continue to grow as well. And be fascinated watching this summer because he'll be juggling seven on seven, being a guy that's probably going to be the Lake Travis quarterback next year. We know how big of a deal that is as well. But Lake Travis has got some arms, man. If these guys can hit just somewhat consistently, they can be a force in the playoffs Gavin Schlatterback, who I really like as a catch and throw guy behind the dish there, 2024 prospect, got on the mound and touched 90 miles an hour. His changeup is really good. It, it's a plus pitch now. You know, it's consistently that type of pitch at about 82, 83 miles an hour. Uh, curveball showed a little bit of a slider as well. A legitimate two-way talent that's uncommitted. Joey Leone had a really strong night at the bat, 2024 prospect, physical right-handed hitter. Um, Hudson Gardner came in from the left side, gave hitters a tough look there. Um, And then Cole Johnson had a really productive night. I believe he went three for three. If you look back at my notes, Um, you know, going the other way with some pitches, showing some pop there, productive night there um, for Lake Travis against Austin high. But if if Lake Travis can consistently hit um, they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. And uh, that district race is going to be, is going to be fun to watch because it's tight down the wire. And I know some of those games go into Saturday I believe for weather scheduling issues and things like that. But if we look at, at the updated standings right now, you got again Westlake at thirteen and two after their dramatic win over Buda Johnson. Lake Travis eleven and three, Bowie eleven and three, and Buda Johnson at ten and four. So, uh, and all those teams are kind of playing each other right now. So it'll be it'll be curious to see how that all shakes out in that really really tough district there twenty six six A.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, talking about those playoff races, um, I, on Tuesday I went over and saw Highland Park and JJ Pearson. They were all, they were part of a three-way tie for first place at 12 and two. Um, and so got to see Caden Warner on the mound again, he pitched against Rockwall and kind of held them at bay. Um, you know, low eighties lefty that can just really pitch. I mean, bottom line, the guy competes and he pitches. Uh, He went six and two-thirds, three hits, 11 strikeouts. Garrett Schrader, the Texas Tech signee, had a um, a sacrifice fly to score the first run. And then one guy that came in late uh, after Varner, Deegan Kubot, um, coming off Tommy John. This was my Mm -hmm. second time to see him this summer – I mean, this spring. Um, And, man, the ball jumps out of his hand. He's been Mm -hmm. up to 91. Um, It is not straight. Uh, and he looked like he broke up a couple breaking balls that were not um not fun for the hitters to try to handle. So he ended up getting the win, but very intriguing. You know, like I said, I saw him a couple weeks ago and he had a little bit of trouble with the command, which is normal for a guy coming off yeah. Tommy John. And man, in that like two week span, like he looked like a different guy. And that happens a lot. You see, a little bit inconsistent or you know, just continuing to get better and better each time out. And I think that's kind of what uh Deegan has done. But man, I was super impressed with him like that. There's, there's some, there, there's something in that arm for sure. Um, on the Highland park side, Max Stammel, uh, Richmond signee, he went seven and a third, um, two hits, three walks, nine strikeouts, um, a little bit of a victim of some bad luck, uh, to end the game, had runners on first and second. And they did a, they put on a, uh, some sort of bunt pickoff play and threw it into, you know, they had him out, he would have been out at second. Um, Ball was missed, and then it got past the outfielder, and they scored from second to end oh, the game.
0: Geez.
1: Um, so yeah, tough, tough ending. But man, I was really impressed with him. He just competed. Uh, for like I said, seven and third, he was throwing in the eighth. Um, and just kept throwing it in there, and pretty low pitch count. And like I said, competed. Uh, real again. I think he's gonna have a chance to. I mean, he's a guy that might pitch really early at, at Richmond, and in, in fact, like possibly be in the rotation type guy. Right. Um, lefty, physical lefty, just pounds of zone just competitive I'm very impressed with him. Charlie Schneider had a had a hit uh two walks and scored their only run and then Parker Stevens was uh two for four at the plate too so um it was a, it was a playoff atmosphere that's for sure like between those two schools and you know obviously both teams that um you know like realistically they still have a chance um so it's not decided which is kind of fun because there's a bunch of games in the area that um, over the next couple of days, that are not only going to decide who wins the district, but the second, the third. I mean, yeah. there's some really tight, tight races. I'm excited. You know, I was, I was, uh, you know, not I don't want to say rooting for, but selfishly, um, you know, I I wanted to see Marcos pause versus uh Jacob Golston. Yeah, um,
0: that's gonna be awesome
1: for the district title tomorrow night. Um, mm-hmm. and so you know the way it played out, that worked. Um, so I'm excited for that. You know, and so it's just – those are the kind of matchups we live for. I mean, there's something on the line. Yeah, Two really good teams that are going to have a chance to go really deep. It's going to be a summer. packed
0: house. I mean, yeah, that's 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 our dream scenario there. It checks all the boxes.
1: Yeah, it was it, – it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And then the other game I saw last week was um, Farmersville uh, with Cooper Strawn um, through a combined no-hitter. Um, That'll and work. he was, uh, he was dominant. Um, you know, I, really interesting to see him now versus last year. Um, is about the same, maybe a tick down, but he looks so much more fluid to me as a pitcher. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we know, we've, we know, and we've talked about how strong he is and how good he is in the weight room. Um, but he looks uh, from this time last year to now, just like a much better athlete. Uh, just, looser in all of his actions um and you know his pitch repertoire showed that you know he flashed two different breaking balls um was getting outs with outs and swing and miss with both and a good changeup so he was really impressive and then straight off of that you know gets uh re- commits to weatherford this week and that's a good get for them because he yeah. you know he's got a track record and um he's gonna have a chance to to continue to get better. But I, I was really impressed with him. And I was really impressed with Brady gray behind the plate too. Um, same uh, tiger team. Um, and interestingly enough, I Cooper and Brady are cousins. Um, hmm. So a cousin battery uh, for farm to spill. but they're going to have a chance to to do really well. And um, I was, I was impressed with their lineup, but I really liked Brady behind the plate. Um, you can tell he can really catch and he can really throw uh you know there's some flexibility there in the in the hips like i just i like the way he handles the ball behind the plate and handles good stuff and you know you could tell you could tell that he's um he's been catching his cousin for a while <laughs> That'll so help. Yeah. Um, yeah so um you know like i said very impressed with farmersville um and impressed super strong i mean he's like i said he's he's gotten a lot better from this time last year to now and um and it and it, and it's because he's pitching instead of yeah. just throwing. Um it just you know the fastball was about the same, maybe a tick slower, but it played better. You know, it wasn't it wasn't as flat, and um I was just really impressed because you can tell that he's made some adjustments and I think that's gonna pay off for him down the road.
0: Gray's ACU, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I remember they took him really early, like in that to me was like, okay, we know how much they go out and see guys. Like this guy, you know, probably can really catch and throw. Um, And it turns out he can really catch and throw. Which, you know, shout out to those guys for for doing some homework and getting on that one pretty quick. Um, Because we yes. know the guys that can legitimately catch and throw um, at a, at a high level. There's there's not Except many a, of them.
1: That that 2024 group in Texas is really the really good, good catching if, group. Yeah, there's, if, if, there's
0: some guys
1: there's some guys that. Um, you know to you know, they may not be household names but they may be by the end of the summer yep. um, you know and and Brady's in that mix I mean it's going to be it's going to be an interesting I'm really excited to see who makes the area code team and out of that 24 group um, yeah Just across the, across the board and specifically at catcher because I think there's going to be some tough choices there and it may just come down to who performs best at the tryout that day but yeah. there, there's some guys that we definitely like you know obviously we've talked about Jake Overstreet a lot and um, you know, he's, he's a guy that's up there for me. Um, You know, Luke Nohenick that was on our mm-hmm. academic team, Aiden mm-hmm. Piercy. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them in the area. So uh, that's going to be interesting to follow.
0: Yeah. Those tryout wise, they won't lack um, legitimate catchers to, to get a look at for sure. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be Aaron Beattie and then it'll be a, just a battle Royale for those, those next one or two spots. Uh, yeah, make it that great Well, and, sure. and you
1: got you got AJ DePaulo. So,
0: yeah. Um, I mean it's it's a loaded group. Yeah, sure. it's really like if you waited on catcher, like you're fortunate because there's still there's still some on the board, and there's still I mean the state is just so deep with them. Like you know, like a guy like Caden Roy at San Antonio Reagan, who is playing behind a really good senior catcher right now, but we saw him in the summer catch and throw at a really high level. Like that's gonna be a guy in the summer that is gonna. He's going to grab some attention as well. So um, I also went down to uh, San Antonio recently. It's funny. I've been uh, waiting a long time to see Jake Melvin pitch, and he lives probably about five minutes from my house. And I ended up driving an hour and a half down to San Antonio to go see go see him on the mound. But he recently got back on the mound, uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, I think, and uh, caught wind that. He struck out seven straight guys at Lake Travis. And I was like, okay, well, probably go get, get some eyes on him. Recently uh, reopened his commitment um, after being a a DBU commitment. So he's back on the market. Uh, he was pitching at Alamo Heights. And um, definitely could tell that he was still working his way back from just, you know, shaking the rust off, building up the, the endurance and the reps and all that sort of thing. This is a guy that hasn't pitched a lot over the last, you know, a couple years. And, but it was up to 94 miles an hour. I mean, the arm strength was there. He's a big kid. I think he's going to be, you know, he's probably six, three, maybe six, four. And I think he's going to fill out and add even more strength. So he he's already throwing hard. He's going to throw hard. Um, Mm -hmm. It was kind of a bigger kind of overhand type breaking ball. Um, Had a little tilt to it about 70 to 73 miles an hour. Um, Showed a change up as well to left-handed hitters And, uh, you know, Alamo Heights definitely got the best of them in about two innings. Um, I mean, that's a good lineup. You know, Bruno Robles really swung the bat well for those guys. Um, Harrison Sobey, who's an uncommitted senior, is a really physical bat first, first baseman, drilled a ball to the left center gap. Um, Robles is legit too, A-man. He can really hit and he can pitch and he can actually catch too. Incarnate Ward got in early on him and got him committed. And he's he's a dude in San Antonio. Um, But that lineup, you know, really made Jake Melvin work and you can kind of tell he's just still shaking the rust off but the arm strength is there and you know we know this time of the year there aren't many high school pitchers hanging out that can throw 94 miles an hour um, that are uncommitted so i'm sure that he's fielding a lot of calls from jucos d mid major d1s high major d1s just everybody's trying probably trying to do some homework there um, and, and and figure out, you know, what he's interested in, what he's looking for at the next level, because there's definitely a lot of talent there. And there's there's a lot to tap into as well. Uh, I, I think, again, this is a guy that just doesn't have as many reps on the mound as, as really talented senior pitchers typically have. But the arm strength was definitely there. I was glad I got to go down and get some eyes on him uh, before their season wrapped up there. Um, they were part of that just brutal district with – with uh with with the likes of Lake Travis and all of those teams. And it's it's tough to qualify for the playoffs um in that district. But um, I got I got another look at Ed Small for Anderson, 2025, Texas commitment, first at bat, smacked a really hard double, didn't really see many strikes the rest of the game. Um, looks to part, he can run, he can hit, um, he can cover ground in center field. I think he's gonna hit for some power to the next level. It's probably gap to gap right now, probably gets into some poolside side ones that occasionally um, He is a really, really high level prospect. And I think he's going to continue to be a really, really high level prospect in that 2025 class. And for Alamo Heights, too, I've seen them several times, just a couple of scrimmages I went to really early in the year. They were at, Um, and then they were at one of the tournaments I was at at Dripping Springs. And like Jackson Duffin, uncommitted senior shortstop, hits two hole for those guys. He's only struck out seven times all year. I hardly ever see him with, probably 4 2 down the line. Uh, makes all the routine plays at shortstop, good actions, quick transfer. Um, it's it's just enough arm strength, I think, to have a chance to stick at the position. And part of the reason why is because his feet and his hands and his transfers work so well that allows that arm to play up. Um, I think he wants to play college baseball. And I, I'm looking at this guy kind of shaking my head like this is a guy who can play. Um, he can play. Like, you know, he's going to be a contact over impact guy with the bat but he makes contact he doesn't whiff he can run he's got some athleticism but he can really play defense and I think his I think his baseball IQ and his clock really works well on the dirt I saw him a couple times earlier this year track some really shallow fly balls into the outfield fearlessly just like you know just you know no hesitation running out there awareness of where he was in the field and situations and things like that Think he can really play you know i think it's a guy that juco program should definitely take a look at D, d2 programs for sure um and even too like if you're a you know a d1 and like you might not have a scholarship spot or maybe you've got a tiny bit of money like call him out. hey man preferred walk-on situation like let's just try to get you on campus and see what happens that type of deal but uh he's the guy that can play at the next level and i, I think some programs need to take take a look there and, and we know that right now a lot of junior college programs are kind of just waiting to see what happens with some of these 2023 signed seniors just kind of who hits the market again later on in the year but uh jackson duffins a guy i'd be i'd be calling almo heights and saying hey you know you have any interest in our program because if you're looking for a shortstop this is a guy that can that can play shortstop
1: yeah for sure we you see tons and tons of highlights of him and he just looks like a guy that plays under control knows how yep. to play the game um You know, not never a bad option to have on your roster.
0: No, yeah. Anybody that could legitimately like give you some innings at shortstop or potentially swipe you a bag or give you a really competitive at bat off the bench, like or just play all over the place, play second. Um, he heck, he could probably play the outfield, I'm sure, as well. Like those guys, those guys have value for sure. Um, you know, just. We so often hear like coaches tell, "Hey, do you have any shortstops? Well, here's one. You know, go, 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 go get some eyes or go make some calls on this guy and, and see if he fits your program there." But, um, well, speaking of fits, before we get out of there, who fits the Dallas Cowboys draft puzzle this year? Like, who do you have your seven round mock draft completed? Um, you know what 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 is your preference list? Um for for the Cowboys this year in the draft.
1: Who? Um, you know, dream pick would be Bijan. Um, no question. Um doubtful he's there, but uh him, um I like probably 3 or 4 tight ends at that first pick. Um uh, I don't. I, I'm a big Darnell Washington fan. I like the fact. Yeah, that get, yeah. I mean, he's like having another offensive tackle. Yeah, and he gets and he can really move. Um, and and he can be a weapon in the passing game. So I, I wouldn't be mad about that. Um, if they got you know it, there's there are quite a few boring picks that I think would be good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I you could go go Steve Avila out of TCU. Um. I don't know. I think there's there's just a lot of different directions they can go. And I trust Will McClay. Um, so as long as Jerry lets him do the do the thing, um I don't I'm not too worried about it because I think they do a really good job of evaluating and uh understanding what they need. Um it's a weird draft. You know, I, I could see them getting like I, I would love for the Cowboys to get Roshan in like the third or the fourth, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um guy like Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Uh, would be nice. Um, you know, just get some more athletes to run around, take some of the load off of Michael Parsons would be nice, but I'll never be mad about adding in the trenches, um, whether it's yeah. offense or defense, but yeah. I would love, you know, I'd love to have a a real difference maker tight end. I think that could, I mean, I, I can't imagine Dalton Kincaid's still on the board. Um, uh, but Michael, that's Marks, who the Michael latest Beck,
0: athletic mock had them, had them getting, um... I
1: if they can get K- Kincaid, I mean, uh, whew, they're in business. Like, that's Dak loves that tight end outlet valve. Yeah. Um, and if you could get a guy like him, Michael Meyer out of Notre Dame, Mayer Meyer, I'm not sure how you say it, but either one, I'd be fine with those. Um, it's gonna be interesting because you know it's a it's a weird draft. Like once you get past about you know, 15, 16 guys in, there's a lot of varying opinions and it's funny because like a lot of the different positions it's kind of what flavor do you want like if yeah. you if you looked at the like the wide receiver board at a for a bunch of teams I bet you they would all look different just because of you know what type of guys they look for normally uh it's it's a it's a weird wide receiver draft not a great class compared to the last couple um but when I do my mocks I typically pick I'm no matter what, every single one that I do, I'm the Cowboys and the Lions. Um, and then yeah. the rest the rest of them I, I pick with some different teams. Sometimes I mess around with the Texans and the Cardinals. Um, we've got a I got a friend in personnel with the Cardinals that um so I have some interest there. Uh, you know, the, I think what happens at two and three is gonna dictate a lot of the
0: first round. That's um, two two is so fascinating I don't know where you are on Will Levis but I I don't I don't feel that one that feels no. like a tool well, above production yeah situation
1: well it's weird like I was listening to a former GM talk about him on a podcast a couple days ago and they're like you know the, the interesting thing about him is that you know, he's known as this big, big athletic guy with a big arm, and I didn't see anything that that highlighted that for me when I looked at mm-hmm. his film. Um, but what I I did like the boring place from him, so I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, and for, uh, you know he he battled some injuries this year. He had a new offensive coordinator. You know, if you go back to his junior year, then his there's not a lot good. of questions. Not the a lot of questions. And, and he had Liam, Liam Cohen as the, as the OC then that year, and then he left to go back to the Rams. But um, so, you know, kind of, you know, that it's the scary thing about these quarterbacks, all four of them have some flaws or some questions. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no no brainers. And I think that's what you're going to see it too, is like, you know, like we got a lot of, there's a lot of stuff we need to do um, and, you know, I think that Jalen Carter would be a you know the 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 no doubt pick right there if we hadn't had all the off the field issues yeah um, since the season ended. Uh, I mean he's a difference maker. And that's the thing is like you know I I don't know why but it's you know it seems to be popping up that there's some real question about the how elite is Will Anderson really? Um, which I mean he's definitely one of the blue chip guys, but you know I, it, he's probably you know they think he's limited just because. Um, you know, for one, he's actually being penalized for having played for Nick Saban. Like, they think he might be as good as he can get um, already. Um, but, you know, and that's why a guy like Tyree Wilson has seemingly popped into the mix because there's some real upside there. Um, yeah. And and in a draft that has a lot of uncertainty in it, um, you know, you know, there's a increasing uh, train of thought in the NFL and some front offices. It's like, look, you're going to have to be special if you're going to beat, you know, Mahomes and burrow and josh allen moving forward and you know that you're not going to get it done with a bunch of good players right right? you're gonna you're gonna have to have some real difference makers and i think that you know if you see them go tyree wilson over will anderson that's kind of what they're indicating there is they think there's some real upside there and um but there's also question marks with him too so i mean he's always hurt he's been hurt a lot so um I'm excited for the lions. I, I can, I think I can see, I could see the Eagles, you know, having the 10 and 30th pick trying to trade up and sneak up and get a guy like Jalen Carter. I mean, you know, there's, there's too much Bijan smoke for the Eagles for me to believe that happens. Right. Yeah. Um, and it may just be part of me just doesn't want to believe it because I would rather Bijan go to anybody in the NFL other than the Eagles. Yeah. Um, selfishly as a cowboys fan and i just i want to root for him i want to be able to root for him and it's going to be a tough task if he's in philadelphia i i any other place would be better for me and for for him to go um but yeah what i mean steelers kind of in a weird spot they're kind of in that no man's land
0: um yeah this is the fur you know It's kind of a new frontier for them draft-wise, you know, which is kind of the turnover in the front office. And historically, they've never really been a team that trades up. I mean, they traded up that one year for Devin Bush, which I was thrilled about. And that just turned out to be just an okay-type situation. He just never was. He he got hurt. I mean, he was really good, and then he got hurt. He just never was quite the same after that. Um, But, yeah, I mean – They've done so much work on the offensive tackles that I gotta think that they they take an offensive tackle. My dream scenario is Paris Johnson, but I, that's gonna require. A move, uh, yeah, you're
1: gonna you're gonna have to trade up for that one. Yeah, I, I mean there, there's some there's some good corners that will be there in that mix. Yeah, you know like a Joey Porter or Deion. Yeah, Brooks, Joey Porter
0: Jr. Obviously, the, you know his dad having a bunch of ties to the Steelers. Like. It's in the past, though. I mean, the one I think the one first rounder they took at corner was Artie Burns, and that was very good. These they've kind of waited more on corners, like Cortland Sutton was the guy they waited on, or they've kind of gone out and you know, they went out and got Patrick Peterson this year in free agency. So I think they're gonna take a tackle. I think it's gonna be the best of who who on their board is still there. Is it is it Darnell Wright? Is it Broderick James? um is it skornowski from from northwestern like you know who like who do they have is you know the anton harrison kid from oklahoma like who's yeah. the top tackle well, on their board that's kind of sitting there for him
1: yeah it sounds like harrison's a mainly a pass protective guy yeah um, some some concern about him in the run game darnell Wright, if he's there would be a good one Yep. um yeah, I don't think Paris Johnson is going to be there. I don't, I don't think so either. I don't. Think I think so, there. I
0: think there's a pretty. I think there's a pretty decent chance that Darnell Wright is still there. Um, Broderick James, I think maybe I think that he might be a little bit more likely to go ahead of, um, ahead of Darnell Wright. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, I, a, it's
1: a it's a very it's a very flavor flavor draft.
0: Yeah, um, it's like you got to trust your scouts and your your pre draft work and like if you've really. Spent a lot of time in that position. It just seems like a spot to where like they need to go tackle there. I just feel like you can if you're more likely to find a corner later in the draft than you are a tackle. It's just the way I think, it is. I
1: think that's true in this in this group for yeah.
0: sure. And like the the receiver group, like you were saying, none of those guys blow me away at you know pick seventeen. I think you're better off just waiting. Maybe that maybe one of those guys falls into the second round or that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, they've got they've got to really address the trenches, um, and, and especially that that offensive line group there. So I, I'm my dream is Paris Johnson, but that requires a trade. But this draft is going to be fascinating because all the discussion about the Titans wanting a quarterback, it's like okay, well they're going to have to move up, and how far are they going to move up? Are they going to move up like like Mel Kiper's got to move them up all the way to three, you know? And um, so
1: okay, so where where, where are you on? on Anthony Richardson.
0: Um he kind of reminds me of of Levis and that the physical tools are like off like off the page good, but there I don't know about the the like the winning, the playmaking, the playing in the position. Um he made a couple of throws against Florida State that were like really 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 high level throws. Um, but I just feel like that, like you saw a bunch of flashes with him and there just wasn't, I don't know, it's, but it's tough again. Like there's so much turnover there at that coaching staff and, and and that sort of thing. Um, it's, he's one of those ones, if he gets into the right situation, you can say that about all the quarterbacks, but like, like whoever the Texans think take, I think is probably just screwed regardless of how good or bad he is, you know, just because of that situation that they're in, but if yeah, they got and... they
1: got they got Bobby Sloan as the OC now, so you're 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 plucking from the Shanahan tree. Yeah,
0: that that I could see them. I I could see occurs, them first
1: though. I could see them. I could see them not drafting a quarterback and then making a play for Trey Lance at some point. Yeah, I mean Sloan's there with him, so I mean yeah. like it's there's some there's if he thinks he's good, it might be worth it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I, you know, Richardson for me, like he falls in that school of thought of like, Hey, we're not going to beat Mahomes with, with just a guy. Right. So like, yeah. So you have to swing
0: for the, yeah. That's one of the reasons why I was so kind of not over the moon about the Kenny Pickett pick last year for the Steelers is like, yeah, I think his ceiling is like a Alex Smith. Like he's just a, can win you he's not going to lose you games makes the good decisions got a little athleticism that you can use that way but if is he going to get into a shootout with joe burrow and patrick mahomes no he's not you know so now so if that's your move and you okay you guys say okay we got to build our team with a elite defense to where we can manage the game and he can make us enough high level plays and good decisions that we win games that way but like you no, know, I I get it. Like you look at these guys with these gaudy tools, and it's like we gotta we gotta take a swing at one of these guys that could become one of those guys, like a Josh Allen of the world. Like okay, now well, we and and, and Josh, speaking of,
1: Josh Allen is the one clouding this debate for all of these people on a guy like Richardson is like mm-hmm. you know like in the past it was beautiful. and, and Levis, too like you you was a
0: transfer to Kentucky.
1: You you can't fix accuracy, and now that Josh Allen has done it. Like, that's the prototype. Well, that's Jalen Richardson has done it,
0: too. You that's know? right. Like, that's right. What were people saying about him, you know, coming out of, you know, when he left Alabama? They were only, saying that you
1: know. last year going into the season.
0: Exactly. You know, so it's... It, it,
1: people... You have to get into the character at that point. Like, yep. is, it a, is this a guy who's going to do what it takes to do it? And yep. it sounds like Richardson's in that group. But, you know, on the quarterback front, I mean, we've heard all of the, the S2 uh, drama. It's been... It's been really fun to watch people like twist themselves in a pretzel trying to figure out what the S two uh, eval is like when we when we know all about it. Like, have I have they released profound. any scores? No, they can't. They can't. That's and what. So thought, that's yeah. That's what the that's what the big bugaboo is. Is like somebody's like coming up with scores and putting them out, and then people are freaking out. And you know, it's funny because like the people that are trained in it and are you know actually using it are going to understand like what an overall score means, but also what the different what facets matters, mean. what matters and
0: when that chart comes out. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And um if the leaked scores are true, um I think that um you know someone's gonna get obviously Bryce Young's been off the charts. Um again we don't know the scores but if if those leaked scores are true, that's that may cause a slide for some for a guy like CJ Stroud or someone like that. But you know again like it's you, you can't the scores that are being oh, supposedly leaked.
0: They said Stroud at an eighteen.
1: Yeah. So, but you know, then there's then there's some other people coming coming behind it saying like, yeah, but on the, some of the ones that really matter for this, he, you know, like if we're worried about this, then that won't matter for this score. But
0: I gotta imagine um, though, if they're doing that that chart of where the threshold of yeah. Well, so, so
1: I mean that's the other that's thing. Like, is like <laughs> hey, does some is there somebody sitting around seven or so, maybe like Las Vegas, who would like a CJ Stroud to drop a little bit? Probably. Are they the well, one I
0: think the Titans are the one that want them to drop, so they have to use less capital to go get him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, there's there's some there's some there's some teams that might be in the market for that. So you know it'll be interesting to see because you know it's just like the baseball. Not all the teams have the information, so there there is a reason for those scores to be leaked if they if that's what's going on. But yeah, if they're false, like, if guess, they're false,
0: yeah. Brandon Alley did an interview, and you know he we can't talk specifics. What I will say is the list of scores that I've seen. Two of those scores are not accurate. They're not accurate at all. Yeah, that makes me think the Stroud one's not accurate.
1: I don't know. I mean, couldn't tell you. But Bryce Young it, getting
0: a 98 would not shock me a bit. He he plays the game like a guy that has a that. Well, sort
1: so of so cognition. interesting. Interestingly enough, they were talking about it. he's a guy that actually owns his score. The NFL does not because he took it. Alabama has it
0: right. Yeah. No, no, no.
1: Well, he Alabama has it, but he also took it in high school. So you know, but shoot, if 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 you're him and you're getting those scores. You're, that's probably like in the first wave of stuff that you're sending oh, out I'm putting yeah, it on so. Instagram
0: Instagram yeah. stories Twitter like <laughs> I yeah put it yeah everywhere. that's right like that's let's right. remove any doubt like I'm the man at number one um, all right so okay
1: okay before we go who's your pick? who who is who do you think they're gonna pick now who do you want them to pick or who would your dream pick who do you think Pittsburgh is going to end up with
0: I think that they are gonna end up with I think they're gonna end up with Darnell Wright. Okay. Okay. I, I think right. that I think that he I, I I think that he'll still be there. I think that's who they're gonna end up with. I'm gonna go with Michael Mayer for the Cowboys. Okay. Like um Kuiper's gonna I'm taking Kinkade too. That's two mocks I've seen with Kinkade.
1: He ain't he ain't making it to twenty six. I mean, if they, they'll have to trade up if that's the case, and I'll be fine with it. I mean, yeah. he's diff, different flavor. You know, he's more of a one dimensional guy. But shoot, like I mean, like he'd be Dalton Schultz on steroids. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's like another wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and then you know you got him, Cook, Ceedee Lamb. I'll take that. I'll take that all day. So that's um, a, that's
0: a good that's a good. Situation. I think he's gonna
1: end. I think he's gonna end up in Green Bay. So. We'll see. All yeah. right, That's we'll all see.
0: It. First, first round tonight, all seven hours of it. Um, <laughs> you know, as they drag out every little thing, but uh, should be fun, fun who, to follow. Who, so.
1: who who are you gonna watch? What what outlet are you gonna watch on? I I want to watch. I'm going back and forth between like something new with watching the PFF guys or hmm. Daniel Jeremiah is the main one, and and I like
0: um, uh, Lewis Riddick too. Uh, but there's. I'm a big. i, I'm, I I'm, Lewis and Daniel are my two favorite guys by far. I'm partial to Daniel because he used to come on the radio show all the time when I worked at ESPN Austin. Yeah, um, he's so, great. Big yeah, baseball fan. Padres yeah, guy. big Padres fan. Yeah, he loves his Padres. Yeah, um, him and
1: him, him and Bucky, him and Bucky, big baseball guys.
0: Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I'll probably end up flipping, but I'll probably watch though. I'll probably watch Daniel a lot and then Lewis as well, but um yeah uh i might end up also just going to watch it with a couple buddies um a couple buddies that are titans fans so they're gonna have an exciting night that's gonna be
1: yeah
0: right right yeah we'll see uh but yeah it should be uh should be interesting for sure it feels like it's just gonna be chaos after one which is no there's no doubt there's no doubt especially like if you're a team that doesn't need a quarterback it's awesome when this happens because you can just sit there yeah, play the hand that comes to you or capitalize on teams that want to move around and things like that. So it should be a really, really fun situation, but that's, that's that,
1: my call. I'm, I'm going to say the Eagles move up. The Eagles are going to okay. move up to try to get Jalen Carter.
0: Okay. Eagles, Eagles potentially on the move there. So, well, thanks for letting us uh, entertain you with our NFL draft uh, nerddom as, as the first round happens tonight. And also thanks for tuning in with our coverage of high school baseball. You can, again, make sure you tune into fivetool.org. Everything we publish goes on there. Videos, writing, podcasts, events page, um, all sorts of stuff goes on there. Drew and I combined to write a column earlier uh, about the new recruiting rules they can go check out as well. And make sure you're following all of our regional accounts on our main account on Twitter, on Instagram, TikTok. We're all over the place. Uh, So keep it tuned in for all of our coverage as the district races wrap up. The playoffs in Texas will still still be here um arizona california colorado all those states are rocking and rolling right now with really great games as well oklahoma we've got it all covered for you at fivetool.org so make sure you tune in there and we until i talk to y'all next time i hope your team has a good nfl draft i hope the weather allows us to get out and see more games tomorrow and take care